When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with the Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They travelled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now that the hand of God is against you, you are going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brilliant, thank you. As I'm a father and it's Father's Day and there were some jokes at the start. Some of you will be disappointed if I don't start with one, won't you? Some of you are shaking your head. Um, who here likes rocking chairs? Who here doesn't like rocking chairs? I'm a bit undecided. I sort of rock back and forth between liking them or not. Okay. <laughs> Told you it was a dad joke. Right. Um, <laughs> How is everybody feeling this evening? Is anyone here, there's a few people hot, anybody here um, feeling like quite happy and relieved? No? Okay. Well, there might be some young people maybe finish their exams, stuff like that, yeah? Some of, one or two of you might still have one or two more to go. Anybody here, you don't have to put your hands up, anybody here feeling a bit under pressure and under stress? Yeah, a few people like that as well. Anybody here feeling excited about the future? A few people, yeah? yeah. I don't know. It's, good. it's interesting, isn't it? People putting their hands up at different times. I think every single one of us here will go through seasons in life that are either exciting, maybe a little bit scary, maybe a bit of both, Maybe even just a season where you're used to something and then you've got to start something new or something is changing. And sometimes these seasons in life happen because we choose to make them happen. Maybe there's some adults here that have been doing a job for a while and they think, I'm a bit bored of this job, I want to try and find a new job. And they look for another job and they decide, I want to go for that. And it's a change that's sort of of their own making and their own doing and they choose to go that. But there's other seasons in life, aren't there? And things that we go through that are not of our 
choosing. Some of you here might be thinking, um, might be thinking about the future because you've just finished at a school or finished your exams and you're going to a new place, maybe a college or a university. Maybe there's some people here that are in the process of changing jobs and moving from one job to another. There's seasons and things that happen in our life, sometimes of our choosing, sometimes not of our choosing. What I want us to look at tonight is some very simple principles that I think I, I wish I knew when I was much younger about what to do in those seasons of change and transition. Because when they happen, I don't know if you're like me, probably you're not all like me, which is a very, very good thing. But if you like getting into routines and things like that, changes can dis disrupt your routine, disrupt your habits, disrupt your way of thinking and doing things. And they can become really, really unsettling when you find yourself in an unfamiliar place and you can end up feeling a little bit lost. So I should have said already, I've skipped ahead loads on the slides and I forgot, I promised Robin that I would tell him. So Robin, can you go to the first uh, slides that say um, when you stop? Okay. Every single one of us has times in our life when things change. And when you feel that is happening, that is a time when something is stopping and a new season is starting. There is something that you need to do. Can we have the next slide? It says a verse on it, Robin, thank you. It says this, in our Bible reading tonight, it started with this little phrase, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem and they're going to this place called Antioch where they came from. Barnabas and Saul had gone on a mission they had done something and they had finished and completed it. And now they were heading into a new season. And so the first thing they did, and I think this is really, really important for you, is they didn't think about going on the new season on their own. They went about entering into this new season by meeting with people that they knew, by sharing it with people that they knew. They went back to the place where they had friends and fellowship. And so what I want to say to each and every one of us is when we stop, is first thing is really don't go through this alone. But as you do this, they didn't just go back and they didn't just go through it with friends and people they knew. They were going back to that place because they wanted, when they stopped this mission, they wanted to start the next season with God. So next slide is simply this. When you stop, start with God. I've shared my um, little bit of my testimony uh, a few times here, but for those of you that don't know, I just want to remind you a little bit of it. Um, when I uh, finished my A-level exams, I was really happy. It was uh, one of the best summers of my life. It was a very long summer. Um, and it was, I just remember going out and having lots of fun times with my friends. 
And I was excited about what the future might hold. But this is not prophetic over anybody here, so don't worry. But when A-level results came, <laughs> I thought that perhaps my life might be over <laughs> because I didn't get the results that I wanted and had hoped to get and had planned in my mind to get. And so uh, my summer went from being very, very exciting to suddenly being very stressed and big questions about what to do. And I didn't really know what to do. And I did something really foolish. I didn't really tell anybody all the, about all this sort of stress and pressure that I was under and where I wasn't able to get to my university that I wanted to go to. And my best friend was also going to that university. It, that was totally unplanned, by the way. But I found out I was really sad that I wasn't going to be able to, get to the, go to the university that my best friend that I'd grown up with was going to. And I ended up having to go to this sort of second-choice university to a place where I didn't really want to go to, Coventry. Sorry if there's anybody people here from Coventry. It's a wonderful place, really. Actually, if you, if you ever go to Coventry... I encourage you to go and see the, um, the cathedral there. It's absolutely amazing. It's not, in my opinion, Coventry is not a very beautiful city, but the cathedral is absolutely fantastic. It's got the old one, that's sort of a bombed-out shell. It got bombed during the Second World War, and it burnt down. And it's um, all empty, but the shell stood around it, and then there's a cross that's made from burned... I'm going off on one here. But a cross that's made from burned... Um, uh, roof beams, uh, but they've built the new cathedral right next to it with like a little um, walkway, and it's absolutely, anyway, go and see it, it's beautiful. Anyway, I, en I ended up going there, I've lost my track now, ended up, ended up going there, but I did this all without God. I had been going to church all through my um, from well, not all through my childhood, from about eight to nine years old with my parents, been journeying with him. But when this this season finished in my life, and suddenly things weren't going as expected, I dropped God, and it was the worst thing to do going into this new season. When this shock came, it disrupted my habits and my way of thinking and my spending my time with God in a way that I didn't appreciate. I didn't share it with other people. And it just helped, it just stopped me and not helped me, but made me almost go down this road of almost being distant and not spending time with God. And I, it, it is, and still is, the worst decision I think I've made in my entire life. God has managed to sort of show me and redeem me and bring it back. But I think it's really important when we recognize things are changing or starting in our lives. Is when you, anything you think is stopping is you need to make sure you start with God. You don't try and rectify or do or go on new journeys without starting and spending time with God. That is what um, Barnabas and Saul or Paul they're the same. If I say Saul or Paul, it's the same person, okay? He's one of these people that God's, God changes the name of. Can we, can we go to the next slide, please? It's got a verse on. I want to look here about what happens when, when Barnabas and Saul come, go back to this church, Antioch. They're worshipping and fasting together. They were praying with one another. 
What's interesting as well is I've cut out the names there, but what's absolutely amazing about the names of the people that, um, that are there is people like, um, uh, I can't remember them all, but anyway, they're names from different parts of the world. There's like a Greek and, and Greek names there and a Jewish name. And uh, they're from people that are obviously sort of, it's a very multiracial and also a very different uh, church as well. There's somebody that's uh, um, worked on the pro-council for Herod. There's somebody for, uh, of wealth as well. So probably from all kinds of different economic backgrounds as well. This church was made up. They were going back and getting people to pray for them that weren't just like them, but that were different from them, sharing and praying with them. And they were seeking God. We don't talk about fasting very often in church, but actually it's, it, it happens quite often in the New Testament. Fasting is just a, a short period of time that you go without food for. And um, don't really know why it's a thing, but it's kind of, the way it's ever been ex- explained to me is you go without food because you're more concerned about seeking God's word and God's food for a short period rather than earthly food and sustenance. It's a way of just really focusing on God. So they finish this season, they're going back and they're praying, they're worshipping God and they're, they're fasting. And as they're doing this, they get this group of people. Um, God speaks to them and says, set aside for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. I love Another thing I love and hate about the Bible, I love that phrase, you know, it's just natural, isn't it, that God speaks to them and they knew Barnabas and Saul have been set aside for something new ahead. But it doesn't tell us how they knew that the Holy Spirit had said that. That's what I find frustrating. A few things about how you can find out what God says about your future. It's the first thing you need to know this is that you do have a future and a calling with God. That is the first thing every single one of us here needs to know. Again, this is something I wish I knew when I was younger, when I thought my plans that I'd had for my life, and my life was ruined because I didn't get the A-level results that I wanted. There's a wonderful verse in Ephesians that I hold very close to my heart, which says this, For you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that he prepared beforehand to be your way of life. No matter where you are in life, no matter whether you feel life has stopped or whether it's a stopping and a starting of your own choosing, you need to know that with God, if you come to him in Jesus' name, you are a new creation and there is good prepared for you to do in the future. Sorry, I should have put this verse on the slide, shouldn't I? There is good works ready for you to do. God has a good purpose to you. That is to be your way of life. So when we're stopping and when we're starting, we need to know that God is with us and that there is good ahead for us. So as we stop and we pause and we wait for God, know that there is good ahead for you. Spend some time reading his word. If you think God is, is calling you to, to go as you're sort of discerning new, new things, um, 
to go and um, murder somebody, you need to know that's not God's will for you because that's not what you would find in Scripture. All Scripture can be summed up, we're told, in those sort of two commands. is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If it's not about loving God and loving neighbor, it's probably not from God. There's a bit more to it than that, but that's kind of the basic principles that we go with. But also, I think we can find God's will by praying and being specific about them. One of the things, again, I didn't do back then was I never prayed to God, well, God, where are you calling me to go? What are you asking me to do? We can get really specific in our prayers. Sometimes it's really difficult to know God's answers, but if that is the case, it's a time maybe to start pushing doors and saying, God, I think this is what I want to do. I'm not sure if that is what you think. I'm going to start going for it. If it is, will you open doors for me? Will you give me a sense of peace about it? And trust God's guidance as you push and explore and open. But perhaps I think the most crucial thing, there's something quite scary for a lot of us to do. It's actually to do what Barnabas and Saul did in this. It's to get other people praying for you. Share your fears. Share your hopes with somebody that you trust that can pray with you as you journey through this. We live in a world today that tells us that faith should be a private thing that we need to keep to ourselves. It isn't. That's not the Christianity you find here in the Bible, in Scripture, and it's not the Christianity you find practiced anywhere in Scripture as well. God tells us we're to be people of a community, of a family, that share, support, help, and encourage one another. And we should be particularly eager to do that when people are stopping or starting in new seasons. To be willing to share. Let people pray for you. We've got people here every week that love to pray with you. And it's not as scary as you might think. <laughs> and they might say some really, really good and encouraging words over you. Wouldn't it be fantastic if you were lost or a little bit confused and then you got somebody to pray with you and they confirmed something that was going on already in your heart and mind. How much more confident would you be knowing that God is with you and for you and is speaking to somebody else about that as well? Can we go to the next slide, please? I might have done this in the wrong order. So when you start, when you stop, start with God. And then if you're praying with other people, you can go with God. You can go knowing that he is with you. Barnabas and Saul were set apart. The people that were praying with them laid their hands on them again. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went knowing that God was with them. I recently, as some of you know, well, it's not that recent, it's about six months ago, became a vicar just up the road in, which direction is it? It's that way, isn't it, from here now? Yeah, that way. No, it's that way, sweetheart, it's definitely that way. Western Green. 
And I got loads of people to pray for me and with me as I, as I made that journey. And it was a, an interesting one to go on because I never expected to be called to go there. But the fact that I ended up going there was a testament to going through some of these steps and these things that I've been thinking about here. Is I got people to pray. I was thinking about, you know, where is God calling me in my, the next chapter of my ministry, of my journeying with him? Wasn't sure exactly where it was supposed to be. God didn't come as a lightning bolt and say to me, Richard, you're going to Western Green down the road. God does that very, very, very rarely. But I had a feeling after going there, visiting there, that that might be the place. So we started pushing doors and they started opening for me. I got a sense of peace over it, as did others around that were praying about it. And so we kept going and it just felt right and things just sort of fell into place. And so I went being prayed for and going with full confidence, knowing that that was where God has called me. And I can tell you that that gives me a confidence in that place that I just would not have if I was going there on my own, unsure if that was the right place or not. It doesn't make it necessarily easy, but it can make all the difference inside you if you know you're in the place where God has called you to be. So you go with God. And then simply we're going to skip on in the interests of time to the last um, but the, or the next one that says stay with God. You can do that. Thank you, Robin. And so we stay with God as we keep going. I think sometimes in society today we can have an expectation that if we're going down God's path or as we're journeying through life, our life should be easy. That we won't meet anything that's too difficult to go through. God wouldn't want us to struggle or have bad times. That's not reality. We can, might want to have an easy life. We might think we deserve to have an easy life. But actually, people are involved in the world. And I bet each and every one of you here can think of times when you have made somebody else's life difficult. Most of us here had well, I hope all of us here had parents or people that cared for them and looked after them as they were growing up. I bet each and every one of you here can think of an instance when you made it difficult for the person that was caring for you. I can think of a few instances with my parents indeed. And I'm sure you can too. Or maybe with friends or in other instances. Life isn't always easy. And when we're following God's path, life isn't always going to be easy because people are involved and also we're involved and we can be quite stubborn ourselves as well.
Barnabas and Saul went on this uh, journey to, to Cyprus, and they're traveling throughout the island. And we had that wonderful little story that we heard that they were going through, telling people about God, going in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then they get this um, Bar Jesus, he's called, and um, Elymas, the, the, the opposition. Um, they're waiting for him. Can we just go back one slide, please, Robin? But Paul knows he's going in God's strength. He's still filled with the Holy Spirit in face of this opposition. And he stood up and called out the bad behavior that he faced. As followers of God, we are sometimes called to stand up for what is right. To not just go with the flow because it's easy and do what everyone else is doing just because it's easy. If God has called us to a place, he's called us to a place to love him in that place and to love other people in that place and to have the confidence to stand up for him and to recognize that things aren't right and aren't wrong. Elymas is, is a sorcerer and he's, doing, um, he's calling people directly away from God and Paul is confident enough to call it out rather than give in to it. And actually we see the result as, as they do that. It's actually God is even more glorified as they do that. So I think my lots of things in this talk tonight. But what I wanted you to see was people journeying with God through a season of change and transition and the confidence it gives you. And I want to sort of finish and ask you with this little challenge really is where are you with God? Because I've talked about starting with God, going with God, waiting with God. Where are you with God? Are you in a season actually where you might need to reset your relationship and start a new series of, of uh, just a new sort of habit spending more time seeking God's will do you need to remember that the place where you are that you are called and you are there that God is with you in it do you need to have the confidence to stand up for God in that place wherever you are I just encourage you to be praying about it and be going on that journey with others praying with you because God has called each and every one of us to do good things.